Welcome to the Body Science Podcast. As always, the information contained in this podcast is for the information purposes only and is not designed to diagnose or be prescriptive to treat, prevent, or manage any injury, disease, or other health-related condition. Welcome to Body Science HQ, the world of fit, happy, healthy, and I'm really pumped about today's podcast. We have Dr. Ryan Kohler on, and when you hear the credentials behind this human sitting next to me, you're going to go, no way. That's because when I looked at this, I went, you're kidding me. Like, <laughs> that's a resume. And next to him is Mark Evanhouse, dietitian. How are you, mate? Yeah, very good, Greg. Yeah, how are you? One of the exciting parts here is Mark is actually coaching Dr. Ryan, how, how do we how do we say this? I'm good with Ryan. You happy with Ryan? Okay, <laughs> yeah, pretty done too. He's coaching Ryan in his first IFBB Pro Queensland State Champs. Yeah. So, mate, you've got the resume that we all want, and you're going to stand on stage. Like, is it was it something in the genes? Are you just gifted? What? How, how did this happen? I mean, you'd laugh. My parents are so averse to exercise, really, and um, never achieved in that department. They were obviously cultural and music teacher, and my dad is an accountant. They love. Sports. Sport, but they themselves just don't like exercise. You know, we grew up outdoors and playing uh, sport from three or four, and we we're in the small town East London, which is in South Africa. And um, a gym actually opened up down the road when I was about fifteen. Yeah, and I went down there and actually signed up without even telling my parents with my pocket money. <laughs> nice and. Um, and that was really the the start of the exercise journey in a more like formal way for me. And yes, always played sports, still do. Um, obviously not contact sport, I'll, I'll be smashed now. But you golf, tennis, and I'm somewhat active. But the weight training really was something that I just linked into right from the age of 15. And then trained and because it was great for rugby and wanting to be, yeah. And, and I haven't, honestly, haven't stopped. I would Maybe uh, if I've got a bit of a niggle, I might take a few days off and or we went away for a holiday, say. But in 35 years, I haven't stopped. Is that right? <laughs> it's really refreshing to talk to someone with your qualifications, which are incredible. And just before we, we come on, Mike, you're talking about nutrition and, yeah. and products and all. You just don't hear that very often from doctors. And is yeah. are you unusual in that space or is there a trend heading there? No. I mean, you just talked about 35 years of lifting. but Yeah, because I think you know one of my big motivators in getting into sports medicine in the first place, apart from the fact that I cannot work night shift because I'm the worst doctor at night time <laughs> and a hell of a grumpy without sleep. But um, That's bodybuilder, that, isn't you? <laughs> that um, I wanted to go into something that I naturally did anyway, you know, health, exercise, eating. Um, and so the medicine aspect sort of just fueled that. But I honestly, Greg, I don't think a lot of doctors do have the knowledge in this space, particularly not supplementation, mm. um, training, you know, healthy eating. I don't think they're, it, certainly it would be the minority that did. Yeah. But for me, it just came naturally. And, you know, when I went to university, got stuck into the University of Cape Town gym and yeah, obviously it was supplements and protein powders and egg whites and used to smash about 80 egg whites a yeah, week. Yeah, I can imagine, yeah. <laughs> but um, so I guess in, in, it's, it's a lifestyle that yeah. you can either enjoy or not and make a choice ultimately. Yeah, I like that. I do like that. Let's let's rip strategy. You mentioned sports science and, and Mark gave me an overview here and I've actually got it written in front of me. Do you want me to hand it to you so you can actually see what you've done? Because it's it's impressive. It's, I'll go with We got it on one page though. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you've been everything from South African Springboks doc, Australian Institute of Sport. Yeah. You've worked with the Brumbies. Mm -hmm. You've worked with the Titans. Yeah. I mean, that's a dream come true to 
most people listening right now. How did you take that step into sport? Again, um, at university, I knew that I wanted to be in the sports. Um, while I was studying medicine, I knew sport was where I wanted to go. And in 1985, the Sports Science Institute of South Africa was founded and built in Cape Town right next to the famous Newlands Rugby Stadium. And that was headed up by Professor Tim Noakes, who's obviously a big name in, in running and endurance sport. And I actually enrolled in a study. They were looking at um, muscle biopsies and strength athletes. So I stuck my hand up. I think there was a little bit of a cash incentive to go as a student. <laughs> as you know, a student, you, you'll take you it. definitely <laughs> put your hand up for that one. And and got to know these guys. And so straight after medical school and doing my internship, I enrolled in a master's in sports medicine, an MPhil degree. And they ran it through the University of Cape Town at the Sports Science Institute. And when I finished that in 2003, I applied for um, the Stormers and Western Province team physician job, which I got. And that led on to then being contracted to South African rugby, which I did for seven years. In fact, I did all three. I did the internationals, um, plus the Stormers, plus Western Province, and it was a, a full-time, full-year contract mm. yeah, that you dedicated to. And I think in ultimately, um, the thing that I miss the most is the players, you know, and the relationships yeah, that you build imagine. with the players. And not so much the admin or the board and, and having to account to the board and attend board meetings as to when players are getting back on the park, but the relationship with the players. And the way I measure it is that, you know, I would never sacrifice their health for the performance of the team. Their health and safety was paramount and came first. But where we could uh, assist in, say, returning a player earlier um, to the benefit of the team, we would. But again, it, the measurement was... Uh, is this going to be detrimental to the play? If the answer was yes, I ruled them out. Yeah. Um, and so there's a lot of pressure all the time coming from the head coach and, you know, you having to make these key decisions. And sometimes you feel like the baddie because mm. it's like you're putting a spanner in the works, you know. And yes, it's perceived as glamorous. You're, you know, on field, on TV, running on the field, treating players in hotels, airports and, and all the fans and that. But ultimately, I just kept perspective around your they are there for the players and no one actually cares about who the medical team is. Mm -hmm. And the professional gap that you have to keep with the players and the other management, you it's an important um, marker because you can't start blurring the lines and the emotional involvement in key medical decision making. Yeah, so I was never buddy buddy with the players, but I always showed them ultimate respect, expected the same from them. And to this day, if I bump into players that or, or come across players that I worked with, they'll always stop, talk to me. And I thought that's a good indicator that they've still got time for me, that I must have done something right. Yeah, for that's them. great. That, that's so good. You know, and even now in the South African team, you know, Dwayne Vermeulen and Dion Ferry are guys that I worked with, you know, when they were youngsters. Um, it makes me feel a bit old, but <laughs> but um, they're still around, you know. And it's, credit to them, you know, that they've got the longevity in a sport like that. It's incredible, um, yeah. amazing athletes, you know. Maybe so. you can jump in briefly because I'm such a huge rugby fan and fanatic. And oh, you know, I'm going to start talking South African you, rugby. Here we go. Very briefly, if you don't mind, Greg, you're talking about the insert Stormers. Insert the ad. Insert the ad. Sorry. <laughs> <I'm joking. laughs> talking about Stormers in Western Province. That's where I was born, yes. born in Cape Town. And, you know, grew up supporting those teams. And, yeah. and then here you are. Here we are sitting on the couch talking about yeah. the time when you, their That's doctor. Pretty cool, it's pretty it? special. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's um, it's such a brand in South Africa, the Stormers rugby, obviously. It is huge, huh? yeah. And then, um, and, 
everyone, all our listeners, I think, know about the beauty of Cape Town. And and then um, here we are now sitting during the 2023 Rugby World Cup. Yeah. At this current stage, you know, we're yeah. in the pool stages and probably when this drops, it'll be quarterfinal stage. Mm. Um, South Africa probably taking on uh, France in the quarterfinals. You mentioned Dwayne from Mullen, like mm. still there in the team, yeah. still playing now. Yeah. Like, um, So it's pretty fascinating and it's pretty cool that, that here you are over here with us uh you did talk about like maybe, maybe just briefly mention those days where you said you used to get on the golf course with them and oh, and uh, a couple of the guys that you would play golf yeah. with and then just a couple of the games that would go on well, they 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 relied on me to i was essentially first uh, firstly the team physician team doctor but i was also the golf coordinator <laughs> <laughs> and um <laughs> and we so i would depending on where we were i often took my clubs with me on tour can you believe it i was a fanatic but um and i'd be the one teeing up the course phoning them okay we need four four balls and then checking which players are going to be on there so and the and this and the blooming coaches they were in too in fact rusty erasmus who's the current director of rugby i worked with him i've toured with him I've, and he's a golf fanatic too and but so competitive and the the, <laughs> the the nervous thing about playing with him is that there's always money on the hole <laughs> and we were so you know we're not even in his salary bracket and he's just pounding the <laughs> dollars on the hole and i'm just sweating thinking oh Oh my God, how am I going to hit this ball? And oh, <laughs> when you're sitting cool. over a putt for like $300, yeah. you don't even have $300. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but there was good, that was the camaraderie that I, and, and a little bit of the social interaction that I did, you know, just so you weren't, you had to be a part of the team. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a team ultimately and everyone's a team player, but just how you manage yourself as medical staff in that environment, you, you got to just keep very clear. But mm. we still had a hell of a lot of fun on the golf course and um, in fact, fact, I mean, um, it's probably what when when the Storms of South Africa used to come to Queensland to either play the Reds or to play a test match at Suncorp. And Suncorp for me is the most amazing stadium, probably the best one close to Twickenham that I've been to. Um, It we often based ourselves on the Gold Coast and would drive through to Brisbane because mm. this was such an amazing place to be. Yeah. So when I started my touring here in 2004, like we got to the Gold Coast and we stayed at the Crown Plaza and Surfers and then we drove to the field and I just saw these amazing houses and these waterways and I thought, God, this is heaven, man. <laughs> and, 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 and sort of it is a bit of a, a dream to think, well, I never thought I'd be living here. Yeah, you know? true. But rugby opened up those doors, um, you know, it was through rugby that I got into Australia. Yeah. Um, uh, we were, had a test match in 2009 in, in Cape Town against the Wallabies. And, and you build up a relationship with the other team's medical teams. In the first year, it's you know, super competitive who's winning. By the second year, you actually don't care. You just want to know where you guys are meeting up for a you know, drink <laughs> after the game. And um, anyway, Warren McDonald, who was with the Brumbies, then I took over. Then he went to Australian rugby. We, we had a, a meal and he said, oh, do you want to come and work for the Reds? I thought, oh, that sounds pretty cool. Um, and so, long story short, I couldn't get a um, the registration, the medical registration, to be a work as a doctor yes. in in Australia. And uh, anyway, a couple of weeks after that, because Warren lives in Canberra, he said, "Hey." He rang me up and said, hey, there's a position available at the Australian Institute of Sport. And the rest is history. Six months later, I'd moved. They'd paid for my visas, my whole family across, and um, and then started the journey in Australia, first in Canberra and then mm. eventually to the Gold Coast, ultimately because I knew I wanted to get to the Gold Coast. <laughs> I like that. Because yeah. of what I experienced in 2004. Yeah. So. Was Chris McClellan open. there at the, do- at the Titans when you were there? Professor Chris McClellan? Uh, no, no. No, he wasn't. No. Who was running the performance program there when you were there? 
Oh gosh, um, um, who's um, Anthony LaFranchi pretty Both, much yeah. uh, heads up the yeah, performance okay. aspect and yeah. manages everything. He's still there now. He's still there, yeah. He's still there. He loves his job. Um, he's good at it too. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's been. A, he's an ex-player. He knows both sides of the the coin. Yeah, okay. um, I think he played a hundred games for the Titans, to be honest. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So um, yeah, and I, th- I just think sport opens up mm. amazing opportunity, and it can shape your life and shape your journey just through the people you meet and and how you see opportunity come by and not let it slip and and go with it. Like Get out that. your comfort zone and just go and do something that you haven't done. You know, it's mm. me life short and um, I've never been one to sit back and be comfortable. Eventually, like for example, at the AIS, um, it, I guess my personality was always to think out the box and that was a bit restrictive in that sense. But the real key was that I could do my exams. I had to re-specialize here. Although I was a doctor and had the master's degree, I had to do the um, specialist fellowship exams here. So I actually went to the Australian Institute of Sport as a registrar and retrained oh, wow. and like, you know, I had to eat humble pie, yeah. spring box and then down to being a registrar. Yeah. And um, they gave me two years to, to get through the coursework, gave me credits because of what I had done. Normally it's a four-year journey. They said, okay, based on what you've done, you, you've got two years, you need to do this, 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 um, your theory exam, your final, your practical exam, and if you don't make it, you're gone mm-hmm. on the plane back to South Africa. Oh. So the pressure was huge, and it was the hardest I've ever worked in oh. my life. Oh. I worked myself to a standstill with a family and a full-time job, but got the job done. Yeah, yeah nice work. Um, and sports uh, paid nicely from that. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> well, this, this resume is incredible. I do want to step on something you said, but you talked about the the people management part that you, that you loved. Mm. What was the difference between managing the national team mm. where you're getting a whole lot of doctor-driven players coming in mm. versus managing one of the franchises where you have well, the whole season to yeah. have that program? Do you... Do you when it goes national, are you spending more time with the franchise doctors to yep. bring that together? Yep. or And which – I don't know, here I'm asking two questions and one's pretty stupid, but I just love this. <laughs> I love people management. What was, what part did you love more than, than not – I mean, obviously, national team is the greatest thing you can do, yeah. but from being a doctor in sport, yeah. what was the best play, that the national team or working with the franchises? Um, I think there's two parts to that. There's the emotional side and the practical side. Yeah. From the emotional side and the, the pump and the adrenaline, the nat- nothing beats a national yeah. team, right? Um, but from a practical point of view, it's actually easier managing your own franchise because it's just you, your physios, your trainers, and et cetera. Then if you're in the national role, which I was, then I had to take on building relationships with the other doctors. Yeah. And because there was a group of contracted players, they had to supply injury reports uh, to us as as we went. And then at, at a time, the selection and the selectors would want to know the medical information. So I'd have to pull all that together. So it was about five franchises that mm. you had to sort of work with. Um, and, and I think the difficult thing also was when those players did come into camp, when the franchise players moved into the national camp um, for periods of time, um, you had to get on top of the injuries really quickly and you know, reassess every player, check the diagnosis um, and come up with a management plan. And I suppose, we, you know, 
like I said, we never sacrifice players, but you push the boundaries where it's possible. Um, and maybe they felt aggrieved that we played players that they wouldn't have normally played. Yeah, and, okay. and coming out of the franchise, that's their top asset. You know, that's their that's their big spend ticket. Mm. And and here, you know, they didn't really want you to write them off either. Yep. You know, so yeah, I guess two hats sometimes. Um, but I try to keep it separate. But I think to answer your question easier. And, and more focused and effective in a franchise environment. Yeah, okay. Whereas you're just piecing together. You know, so, you know, Super Rugby was 12 weeks, then uh, Tri-Nations, which was like four, and we'd be back in Australia, New Zealand, and then we had a Curry Cup and then a Northern Hemisphere tour. So um, you're probably in a Springbok training environment for maybe two to three months of the year. Well, if you include the training camps, probably three months of the year, and the rest of the time you don't see those players. Yeah, yeah. This podcast is brought to you by the new BC Energy. Need a boost? You want that 160 megs of caffeine, 100% sugar-free, three flavors. Ice Blast, Berry Burst, Lime Crush. BC Energy is your answer. Whether you're looking to crush a can or crush a workout, Mark? Raise the bar, raise the can. Boom. Which football took its toll the most on the players? Was it playing... In like the World Cup where you're backing up over and over again and you're playing with players you probably don't know overly well, so yeah. you're going to put yourself in some situations that you might not normally in a yeah. week to week or in at the clubs, like at the end of a game. Like I, I know Dr. Max said to me, rugby league is like triage. At the end of a game, it's like chaos in dressing sheds. <laughs> and I was just wondering from that yeah. perspective, is it when the guys are playing nationally – and heavily, is that taking a lot more on the players than playing their traditional seasons? I think it is, Greg. Um, we know statistically, if we look at tournament play across most sports, your injury rates are higher in tournaments. Yep. They're least in training, but they still occur. Of training injuries, 50% occur in the gym, interestingly. Um, within a season, you'll have a set injury rate, which we could monitor and check, and then you've got your tournament play. So the attrition rate's higher in a, in a tournament environment, for sure, just because of the, the spacing of the games, and you're trying to manage that the whole time with GPS data. Um, but yeah, I think the mental toll on everyone it can't be underestimated as mm. well and the pressure in tournaments is is something you have to experience um everyone's feeling it it's great when you win it's tough when you lose i can imagine and um you know even i had this theory as well that on honestly the games that we won the injuries were less because the players were celebrating and <laughs> you know looking for the closest beer um but when we lost and it was a very quiet changing room and the coach didn't have much to say then uh, we definitely would see a lot more bumps come into the presenting to the medical team because after a game, it is quite chaotic and all you're really trying to do is do a quick check, maybe scan uh, ultrasound and say, okay, who's going for an MRI scan here? And it's tough on the road to organize MRI scans because no one really wants to help you yeah. <laughs> ultimately. Um, whereas in your own town, you've got your go-to radiologists and they'll do it that night for you. But yeah, you're just trying to work out who's going to basically, who needs a scan and are they going to be playing next week? That's the mm -hmm. first question the coach will ask you. Is he in next week or how long is he out for? You know, and you've got to start, you know, start making that kind of assessment real early. Mm -hmm. Always say that um, you know, a runny nose is a medical emergency in an international team. You know, it's that important that, Absolutely. you know if someone the worst was just a player coming to me on the thursday with an upper respiratory tract infection or gastro or, or, and that is just a tough management scenario more than actual injury um is the medical things like that because 
it can rule them out, you know. And it can change the team pressure. dynamics pretty quickly. Yeah. 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 So you always hear it in the press conference straight away. The press asks the coach, okay, so mm. what's the, you know, we saw that player go off injury. What, what's the state of the injury? And then yeah. the coach straight away is saying, oh, well, the medical team are busy doing their thing right now, busy yeah. doing assessments. It'll take 24 to 48 hours to find out. Yeah. That's so right. It's exactly like you said. You can yeah. picture that you guys running around. Well, it's seven thing, days a week doing that work assessment. because, yeah. you know, it, the players can be recovering on the Tuesday, but mm. we're at the the scans, looking at MRIs and stuff. So there's no real break for the medical team other than if you can get that half day Wednesday to get on the golf course. Golf course. <laughs> but ultimately, it's a seven-day-a-week job. And um, you're always on call. Like if I'm in um, with the franchise, players can phone you any time of the day or night with a problem. Like they're sick the night before a game. Or, um and so I think that took a toll in itself. And then the international travel does take a toll as well. And um, the timing of me moving out of it uh, after seven or close to eight years was was perfect. I was pretty much cooked and done <laughs> and burnt out at that point. And the change to Australia and the AIS was a, just a breath of fresh air. Well, I got to see female athletes, <laughs> which I didn't really do. Uh, and then also had the privilege of working with some amazing Paralympians. So um, that's, wow. again, opening yeah, up pretty cool, different um, avenues of your career, you know. Yeah, wow. Mark, I think it's time to talk about Ryan the athlete now. Ryan the athlete, yeah, yes. exactly. And you've been uh, working closely in that space yeah yeah i mean you mentioned coach and i think that that's that's a bit too far i haven't quite been your coach have i but i've been a dietitian for sure and i'm very proud to be able to say no, that i think you've done a lot in the coaching space as well yeah. you've taken care of your training and I, I know and um you do a lot of your training from home you've got a home gym and then you mm -hmm. go into the larger gyms on the weekend to mix it up i know yeah. but on the nutrition side you know it's been a 12 month process yeah yeah, yeah. almost to the month yeah where you you yeah. know i first came to you to get my own injury yes. healed uh, in the hamstring from squash yes and uh then that's right. Next yeah. thing you were saying that um, how about how about a meal plan just yeah. to tighten just, things up? Yeah, so and then right. we and then we booked in a we started seeing results fairly quickly. Then we said, well, yeah. how about a photo shoot? Just yeah. to keep you on track. Right. Let's yeah. do a shoot. And, yeah. and, and, um, that was way off my comfort zone. Yeah, totally. <laughs> oh, that was on your Missy account, wasn't it? Yes. That was that photo. Oh, you saw that. Gosh, I did. That was yeah. March. It was yeah. March. Yeah. That? We had some mm. uh, Body Science products in there. That's right. We around the pool area. Yeah, absolutely. You had I the used them on. anyway. Yeah. yeah. And um, we saw a big transformation there when we looked mm. at the photos. Because the photo shoot, I think, is so important for mm. our listeners like, to see that um, it's really motivating, isn't it? Yeah. Because then you can look, hey, Ryan, did you realize how much we've achieved? in the past 16 weeks mm. here's your start look at this mm. you and shoot um and then we said well what's next and then we yeah we was next well okay let's we concocted an idea around around the comp comp yeah about competing so and so in yeah. total now it's, it's 12 it, months yeah, it's 12 months and how many kilo have you lost uh i'm heading probably to 15 mm. 15 kilograms i started at 105.5 and i'm sitting just about around 90.5 now can't believe how good you look yeah. So yeah. it's been a journey, but I've loved yeah. it and it's in my DNA. So it hasn't been a chore. It's just, just sharpening up on a few things and ironing a few things out. And with Mark's expertise in that, that space, and he's obviously humble, but he's helped me massively in um, the way I think about training.
training and competition and, and you know, he's walked a road with me on the posing side and um, you know, how to actually prep and things is um, been very valuable. You know, it's um, been amazing to work with Mark Thanks, and having a good team around me um, to help out. Um, yeah, it's, it's great. So, Did you find it difficult, Mark, because, uh, I mean, you're a world champion yourself in that space up on stage and obviously you truly understand what happens before you get on stage and people who have never competed don't get it like when you're yeah. carbs yeah hydration the whole lot mm. did you have concerns thinking okay this one's a doctor mm. <laughs> oh, absolutely. yeah like and how do i how do i manage yeah. that as well as making sure when he stands on stage he still wants to talk to me yeah. when he does absolutely yeah, yeah that would be a difficult play I was under pressure mm. and the nerves of oh, dealing with a doctor, as it is, <laughs> with an academic <laughs> as well. But uh, then this concept of you see something like 100 patients a week. Yeah, I see 100 a week. So then we're thinking, how are we going to be doing carb depletion and still yeah, be seeing your exactly. patients? We, and we, we did that through your photo shoots. Yeah. And, and then this time around, we said, let's have this week off work. Yeah, we Can we try and do that? And yeah. so you work, yeah. you work the first day of the week and, and then you've then taken the rest of yeah. the week off while we've been in carb depletion. And, and it, because it does require all the little things also that goes with stepping on stage. Oh, you're break, giving your soul away when you do this. You are. It's a tough sport. You are. And then there's... There's the little thing. There's the there's the being shaved from head to toe. Mm. The little thing, there's the finding the time to get your spray tans. Yeah. There's yeah. the grooming that you want to think about. Right, with everything. Yeah, hey, that's right. Um, so there's all the posing practice you need to be doing. Yeah. Um, been working together on that. It, it, so yeah, yeah, I've helped with the posing, yeah, but he also had a uh, separate expert posing coach posing in coach the field well, of, yeah. of the federation. Yeah. Um, and then and then I would have I've had a, have a critique and, yeah. and monitor it, but you've been mm. so delicate in your posing I know and that's something we talked about also just to be a, just to have that sounding board for Ryan because Ryan would say you know um, uh, I need to do another gym session and I would say things like actually you know remember you're only on stage for a few minutes mm. and you're not lifting weights when you're on stage yeah. it's about showing off your best angles your best presentation mm. capturing those five judges eyes yeah. just for that quick moment yeah. uh, and that comes down to posing and showing off your best angles yeah. doesn't it yeah. so let's focus more on being completely confident with the posing when you're on stage there's no mirror to look at you need to just understand your body body awareness mm. and knowing how that's going and mm. um, so little things like that yeah that's where you've been invaluable because yeah. you've, you've walked that road you know what it takes and yeah. you've lived through all of that and achieved highly yeah, to, yeah. so tapping into that expertise is so valuable mm. not it's not only eating which has been very helpful mm. um and we bounce ideas off on you know supplements mm. and and things and Absolutely. amounts of protein and and that so no, i think mark's helped with the overall package that you want to present because they do judge on an overall package mm, absolutely you know from confidence to facial expression eye contact and you can, it gets quite detailed <laughs> so it becomes a bit of a science doesn't it <laughs> and then the thing is I know that Ryan's competitive yeah and we're going into a sport that is somewhat subjective and mm. these judges it's what they feel on the day what, what they see yeah. and it's hard it's not a pure sport in tennis one on one where there's yeah. a definite winner on points hey? yes, and yes. it's we started off by saying well you just be proud to get on stage no matter yeah. what Absolutely. And still, yeah, but I know that it's becoming more as we've seen the condition you're in you start to yeah. believe and feel and so 
It's, the hard part is you don't know who you're up against. That's right. So that's where you you, you don't you, being a first timer in, in this space, and then maybe if you do a couple of comps, you'll get to know some of the guys and you know have a chat and see who you're up against. But it's really uh, a complete unknown. So yeah, it's maybe a good thing. Ignorance <laughs> is bliss. Yeah, I love it. I love it. <laughs> I think it's good yeah. comparing to others. We always talk about that. We don't. I think yeah. it's nice that you don't really know what you don't get caught up with. Um, being psyched out potentially is a big thing in the industry. A lot of people mm-hmm. in the early years, how they get um, psyched out before they get on stage because they've seen something on social media of what their yeah. competitor might be looking like. And, and, and that's, the, that's, that's such good. a um, key theme mm-hmm. across sport itself where either way, if you're an individual sport, you can only control what you can control. You've, you've got to realize what's not in my control and I cannot exert energy worrying about that or trying to change when I can't. You, you want to bring that back to yourself saying, okay, well, how did I perform on the day? And then, okay, well, in the context of other people, that's our that's the result. Um, it's like, you know, if the team lost, but we did a brilliant medical job, I didn't measure my performance by the, the scoreboard. Mm. I measured my performance on my field. You know, were the players safe? Did we get guys playing who should have played? And did we control that? Whereas, like you say, Mark, um, there's, there's so many unknowns mm. sometimes in sport. And I think a lot of people become anxious and waste energy worrying about stuff that isn't that's right gonna that's such valuable information people take in yeah yeah really valuable yeah how'd you two meet you say you had a injury that needed to be looked at well luckily 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 it was fixed because i'd be a bit embarrassing (laughs) if if you were still sitting with an injury (laughs) he won the title too you won the squash titles this year too yeah well thank you squash we're hoping to yeah great sponsors are our squash team do you okay very good body science squash squash team (laughs) (laughs) and uh so we're under pressure to bring bring in the trophy that's right but um yeah ryan fixed me up on that i mean i had a bad hamstring injury and i couldn't seek um the answer yeah and then gp referred me to and that was yeah, it that, and it was good. like yeah so we um you should talk about your specialist form of treatment that had worked on me and works on so many yeah because it was it's quite groundbreaking so you know you, you came in with the, the classic tendinopathy um it's a, a tendon degenerative injury which you can tweak and flare up acutely for example um and in the last 10 years, there's been a massive shift towards um, biological growth factor treatment in sports medicine. Um, initially, the, the Spanish in 2009, they did a seminar in Harley Street in London. And I attended that because we were playing England at the time, it just coincided. And they were promoting the use of um, whole blood as treatment for different sports injuries and they had treated Rafael Aldal's you know um, patella tendon he had patella tendon issues for a long time if you look at the, the pictures of his strap and um, and they in fact used PRP on Tiger Woods as well okay um, but, but then it moved into and I said the word plated rich plasma or PRP where we realized that we only needed the platelet cells which have got the growth factors in them we don't need the red or white blood cells in fact they're quite pain causing so we actually um, able to take blood from our patients. Uh, We've got a laboratory on site in our practice and we can separate out the different blood layers and concentrate the platelet cells. And then, you know, my passion has really been uh, ultrasound imaging. We can guide anesthetic to that injury site. You can see the injury on the ultrasound and you guide your needle into that 
injury How good is site that? and you'd, you and you inject the PRP, the platelets, and it upregulates a repair process um, that can take sort of six to 12 weeks. But where all else has failed, this has been a, such a savior and a um, turning event. Um, I've worked with it for the last 10 years. I, I did a study at the, AI, at the AIS looking at PRP treatment for um, patella tendinopathy, which we saw a lot in our basketball players and volleyball players in the jumping sports, and it gave good results. It was superior. PRP with exercise therapy was superior to exercise alone. Okay. You know, the classic isometric strength training program that you do for tendinopathy. Um, and then just developed it. And so now I'd probably do oh, two to 3,000 PRP injections a year for different injuries. Yeah. Tendinopathy and also in arthritis, um, muscle strain injuries, uh, chronic ligament injuries. It's got a huge um, diversity of application. Obviously, there's, it's grown in the cosmetic space as well. And, you know, many men and women will go for PRP facials or that because, again, it's really regenerative medicine. It's improving the texture of your collagen wow. uh, and strength of collagen. So that's what we treated in Mark is we're able to use PRP <clears throat> treatment under ultrasound guidance uh, through a, st- a set of three treatments. And then he, he does his exercise rehabilitation and strengthening appropriately to get in the result. And so, and, and it's, I would say it's a 90% success rate. Yeah. In wow, that. that's great news, yeah. isn't it? And even for arthritic needs, you know, patients have come in and Oh, please, I don't want to have a knee joint replacement. So I said, well, well, this is what we've got. This is what we can do. Um, we can also use a shock-absorbing gel in your knee as well, but the PRP is important. Um, and we reduce their pain, improve their function, they're happy as Larry, and don't go for the op. You know, So it's quite mm. rewarding in that yeah. sense. 54, yeah. you're singing my song right now. I'll give you that. <laughs> there you go. A couple of niggles. Yeah, exactly. I've got a few niggles right? we can yeah. talk about. That's <laughs> what everybody wants to hear. Yeah. <laughs> so. Well, I'm going to say it was an absolute treat talking to you you are, I mean, obviously, we could sit here for hours mm. and talk. I can tell it's just we haven't even touched this resume of yours. It's uh, it's incredible. But I think we might get you on for part two, yeah. get you back. And back. I'd love to, oh, yeah, I'd, I'd love to do it. Love to do it. And work out how that went. It's, uh, I think a lot of people out there are going to love hearing the story. It's not very often you get a doctor doing, standing on IFBB stage. Like, that's mm. a very impressive. Thank you, year. Greg. Yeah. And, um, Thanks for coming on board and thanks for being supported. I can see Brumbies, Titans, a whole lot of teams that we've crossed paths in and it's nice to get you on the couch and have a chat. (laughs) And and thanks for your time. I really appreciate it. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for the invitation. It's um, marvellous working in this environment and – and, you know, to BSC, I think you guys do a massive amount for the community, mm. your, your sponsorships and things. Um, you've got quality products. You know, there's no risk of doping associated yes. with them. Um, and so incredible brand that I've had an experience with in BSC. Mm. And made the future yeah. strong with Mark driving that <laughs> thank driving you. that forward in the future too. So thank you so thank much you. for coming on board and uh, best of luck. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs>